Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Opus Wealth Style Podcast. I'm your host, Yvonne Watanabe. Uh, I'm excited today to have a good friend, Kaplan Mowbray, uh, on the podcast today. Uh, Kaplan's a decorated, best-selling author, one of the most dynamic speakers I've ever seen. And today, Kaplan's going to join us to talk a little bit about himself, his company, the you know the services that he offers, and also some ideas and some ways for Pete to help people through transition, whether it be through careers or, you know, post-retirement. Kaplan, what's going on, man? Welcome. Uh, thank you so much. Great, great to be here with you. And, uh, you know, looking forward to the dialogue today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we start, Kaplan, why don't you just kind of share with the with the audience, you know, a little bit about you, um, a little bit about the company, sort of what, what you're up to these days. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, I um, is an author, motivational speaker, career consultant, and for the last, I'd say, 11 straight years, I've been helping individuals, organizations, uh, and entities around the world, helping people to elevate their career, helping people to build a personal brand, become better leaders, and also in a unified, diverse workforces. So really focusing on how do we create uh, you know, inclusion within companies and, and giving people a sense of vision for how they understand their future, whether that's, you know, career progression and advancement, whether it's, you know, retirement solutions or whether it's, you know, that, that purpose of how do I get ahead in life. So committed that time to focus on that. Um, and as a career consultant, you know, you know, especially during the pandemic and, you know, dealing with a lot of folks who are in transition, you know, they're either in a job and looking to figure out how to get ahead or they are looking to transition to a next opportunity or they're transitioning to, you know, what they want to do next. And I help them to put the tools together, the perspective, and the plan to do that uh, successfully. I've seen we've we've known each other for for a few years now, and I've, I've seen and been part of some of the great speech uh, speeches that you've given. Um, again, just super dynamic. Why don't you kind of tell the the audience a little bit about you know the tips and tricks that you're that you're giving to companies as you know they start to build their leadership skills. Um, what are some of the things that you focus on? I mean, you know, you have some some key components to your planning, so kind of share with us. Yeah, no, thanks so much. I, you know, I think the first thing, you know, if you look at the stage of leadership development, you know, it's really important that you have an, at the organizational level, an organization understands how to increase their productivity and the performance of its people, of its employees. You know, the high performance is always a result of um, not only workforce productivity, but it's a result of people really sort of operating at maximum capacity. And what that means is you have to understand your brand. You have to understand what you want to be known for and put to, put together the, the the actions, the behaviors consistently that make that true. And then you've got to get people you know aligned with a vision of excellence, a vision of performance, a vision of sustainable excellence 
that allows innovation to happen. And when those things happen, uh, especially as leaders lead that charge, um, you develop a high-performing workforce. And you know, many of the organizations globally who who bring me in to speak, uh, often the 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 charter is, hey, how can we continue to not just energize our people to do more, but give them tools to think about the the how we show up every single day, the commitment we make, uh, the what we want to be known for, and then and apply that to the skills that we use to then drive innovation, growth, excellence. And I believe that there are three things that happen. Uh, we need to improve our current state, we need to grow our current state, and we need to shape the future. So I, this focus on improvement, growth, and, and shaping the future is a key component of my talks, uh, especially around personal branding, leadership development, uh, innovation, and excellence. Uh, and even during this pandemic, you know, where we've had to really focus on how do we manage our brand in a virtual environment and how do we stay resilient? Those are two topics that have really resonated with organizations today. You know, the emotional resilience to manage change and the managing your brand in a virtual world to accelerate your career. Yeah, it's really interesting because you talk about personal brand and I, I get the personal branding from a from a small business or, or running an entrepreneur practice, right? But how do how does one sort of elevate or develop their personal brand within a company that they're working for. Um, how do you do that within, you know, again, your, your current organization and then corporate, you know, how do they do it as well? No, it's, it's, a, it's an excellent question. Uh, you know, one of the things I think it's important within an organization and for the organization is to understand the values. So if, if an organization commits to a, a certain set of values that drives the way that people show up, you know, the culture of the organization, people adopt to that brand. And I, I believe people always operate, individuals, employees, organizations, operate towards the standards that they set. So if you set a, a high standard of excellence for the work, for the client service, for the, the product, you know, that, that you are offering or service you're offering, and then the way that people deliver it, then people adopt this brand of excellence and it becomes a part of how they do everything consistently. And there's a premium put on the, the organization and the organization's people, which then shapes a brand. So when you look, you look at values, I think that's where it starts. Uh, then it has to go to performance. The performance element of what uh, the people do, you know, the, the, the product, the end product of people's work and, and time. Um, the, the performance of what we make happen, what we create, what we shape, uh, what we, how we serve. You know, that performance quotient, the, the higher that is, and the higher the perceived value it is because of the brand of its people, that drives an individual brand as well as an organizational brand to be aligned with high performance. So if you're in an organization and you're thinking about how do I build my brand, you know, the, the first thing is you got to understand, uh, you know, and I talk about this in my book, The 10Ks of Personal Branding, you know, you got to understand why, why do people trust you? Why do they remember you? Why do they connect to you? And what's the impact that you want to have on the organization, regardless of your role or your level or your title? And then you have to, right. you have to ask yourself, what do I want to be known for? And what am I going to do consistently? Yeah, no, I think that's wonderful advice. You know, I, I think that's, um, it's important that you, you know, have a level of self-reflection as you have an, a level of, of active delivery of excellence. So, so values, you know, performance. Um, there's this, you know, I was just actually, actually at the Super Bowl and I was speaking to players and um, also to college athletes around, you know, how do you maximize your brand 
given new regulations and laws that are coming out um, that allow one college students to to take on endorsements and and you know NFL athletes to continue to you know promote their brand to position themselves post their playing days, and you know this whole notion of values, performance, uh, you know persona and consistency, it, it applies you know, across uh, industries. And I think that you know, building a brand, you know, we remember. If you think about the brands that you remember, it's the ones that are consistent that you're consistently loyal to, but you're consistent loyal to them because of something that um, you know an attribute that 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 they gave you that that you experienced in the the usage of the product or the emotion connected to your interaction with the brand it's it's very it's very similar uh, with individuals and with organizations got it and you mentioned sort of virtual uh, the virtual environment that we're in today and and obviously because of covid you know I'm having conversations constantly with people that are evaluating as you said their values their priorities really trying to identify you know am i happy with my current state in life am i happy Mm -hmm. with my current workplace you know what are the things that are really really important to me i I know a little bit about you and sort of your transition from having success at a big four accounting firm and then deciding to go out on your own you know when you made that switch you know what was going through your mind what are the things that you had to evaluate within yourself to to make that switch and and what would you recommend as other people consider life changes, career changes, you know, again, now that COVID has kind of made people think a little bit differently about their lives? Great question. I really want to go back to what you started. The the pandemic this year, you go back to periods of time that have forced people to take a more intentional look at their life and their career and their choices, you know, and, and you know, this is one of those times, I think, in history. I think you look back at the you know, recession of 2008, 2009. You look back at post-9-11. You look back at, at periods in history where people were forced to just take a pause and do a little bit more self-reflection and then have a level of self-intention that may have forced or created new choices, new options. You know, what do I want to be? What do I want to my legacy to be? What, what do I want to be known for? What do I want to do with my time? And where can I find the most level of engagement and even happiness? And I think that you know we're in a period of time uh, where people are in that type of transition. So I appreciate you uh, acknowledging that. You know, from my my own journey, you know, I was speaking and giving this message of around, around building your personal brand, and you know, I was employed at a big four accounting firm at the time, and you know, and every time I spoke. To students and individuals and organizations, I kept hearing this, hey, you know, you changed my life. You gave me something to think about. You gave me a perspective that I can now use, you know, beyond this talk. And I realized that the true meaning of the impact that I wanted to have on life was to continue to help people to, 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 to lead a better life, to live a better life, to grow a better career, and, and to find better, whatever that means for them. Um, and, and to the point where I, I was hearing that, and it was it was haunting me in my sleep. So the question is, what do you do with a, a message that you believe you need to share, but then also creates a new life that you need to lead? My perspective was I just had to have the courage and the will to to, to make that jump, and, uh, and and I and I did that knowing that I would be aligned with both my purpose, my time, my intention, and you know, and my passion. And uh, so, so I think when you think about that and it relates to people in transition today, even folks going through retirement or the prospect of, uh, of retirement or career transition, you have to ask yourself, you know, what are the skills that you bring to market? 
Um, how do you align them with the passion and purpose that you want um, to have on others? And then how do you put a, a plan in place that allows you to thrive in doing what you're supposed to be doing, given the skills that you've been given? So that's the the, the process that, that I took. And, you know, I think what I love is I love every single day. Every single day is different, but I love every single day because I'm living in the intention of what I chose to do, you know, over 11 years ago. No, that that's fantastic. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. I think it's very easy for people to understand. I want to identify my purpose. I want to try to figure out what I'm passionate about. But the actual execution of trying to figure out what that is seems to be a lot more daunting and a lot more difficult than people think it is. So as you would consult somebody, you know, if they're unhappy with where they are, what are the things that you ask them to consider as they try to identify their purpose or their passion or, or their mission in life? You know, I, I ask people, it's a great question. And typically when people are in transition, they are asking themselves a set of questions, um, you know, and, and I help them to clarify not only the questions that they're asking themselves, but also to clarify what that looks like in an outcome based on the answers to those questions. So for example, you know, oftentimes people are asking themselves, well, what do I like to do? Um, you know, they may be in a job and they may be in a job and they're doing well, but they don't necessarily like the work. And because they, they don't like the work over time, they will be unhappy with their choice of staying at that particular job or in that particular industry. That's a very common scenario. Um, you know, so so when you look at transition, what is, what's the transferable skills that you gained in the work that you do and how you, can you deploy those transferable skills towards an industry or an opportunity that you can help? And people typically like to be in a position where they can help something based on who they are or what they know. And, and that's a position of strength. And, and oftentimes when you're in, a, in transition or when people are in transition, individuals, uh, professionals, it's what, what, what can I help? What can I do to help another situation based on what I know? So, so that, so that, that really helps people to understand. Uh, you got to ask yourself, what, what do I like to do? What am I good at? Where do I receive thank you? Or what do I want to help improve? And, and those questions are powerful because they direct you to an area or an opportunity where you believe you can be valued, but you can also be um, you know, engaged in the value that you bring uh, and the impact that you can create. So, so that's the, 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 the mind share, if you will, uh, around helping people to think about um, transition in a way that is more empowering than defeating. Yeah, it's interesting. I have this concept that, you know, I, again, I, I have this conversation often with clients as they approach transition and and they don't really know what's out in the marketplace. They don't even know where they would be a fit. They've only done one thing. You know, maybe they were in accounting and they went up that that track and then decided that they wanted to do something different. And, and the, the question that I always have them identify is sort of what are your non-negotiables, right? What are the things about your career that you're not willing to sacrifice? Hey, I want to make as much money as I can, or I want to have as much free time as I can. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to... Um, to go take my kids to their baseball game. I want to have flexibility in my schedule. I want to work at a nonprofit. Because what I've found is that there's so many careers that sort of may fit that non-negotiable, but aren't necessarily in their normal wheelhouse. 
And so, you know, trying to go through that path, you might open up some doors for you that you never even thought of, um, similar to what you're saying, you know, just trying to get, get a sense as to what their, what their passions actually might be and, and not really understanding what the options are out in the market. So, you know, it's definitely a conversation that we have and that I think is extremely valuable these days, especially, like I said, as people start to question what it is that they're doing with their lives in this, in this time. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. And I think the the value uh, or the value solution to that is to build a strong network. Um, oftentimes, you know, there's there, there are people who are building a strong network as they grow their career. And there are people who build a strong network after they, you know, when they're in transition. And, and yep. you know, I mean, at that, you know, at that point, you, you, you may have missed opportunities to build uh, where you where it makes the transition easier. So I always, you know, help my clients to understand the value of building a strong network as they are growing their career so that they have multiple options in the transition of their career. So tools like LinkedIn, you know, are certainly important. Um, staying connected to what's going on in industries are certain, certainly important. I always advocate my clients to, you know, Google top 10 trends in whatever industry and then understand how their past career experience, their current set of skills, lends itself or aligns with some of the top trend trends in a respective industry. So, you know, if digital is an industry or digital transformation and, and you're in, a, in accounting um, or you're in, you know, financial services and you have to understand, well, if the, you know, how do my skills today align with the things that are going on in digital or digital payments or, you know, you know, online services and where, where would people need my help based on what I know? And I think that the, the key, oftentimes people just don't know. You know, you ask them when they retire or when they're in transition, what do you want to do? And they say, I don't know. And oftentimes the reason they don't know is because they haven't taken the time to think about what they like to do, what they like to improve, and where they believe that they are most valued. These are the questions that are important when it comes to transition. Um, but helping you to identify that is key because I think that the opportunity for people to just stop for a second and say, here's what I know that I like um, to help improve. And here's what I'm passionate about based on what I know. That gets them to a closer solution towards, you know, here's what I'd like to do next. Right. I mean, you, you mentioned retirement and it's funny, you know, we help our clients with retirement planning from a financial standpoint. And, and what we found is that if we do a really good job through our planning process, that our clients are not necessarily worried about the money aspect of their retirement. What they're most worried about is what's next. You know, they're 60, 65, 70 years old. They've been working for 30, 40 years, right? 50 years. And mm -hmm. now, you know, with life expectancy, they might be in this quote unquote retirement mode for 30 or 40 years. And they have no idea what's next. They know that they're not waking up, going to their day job or these days hopping on Zoom. Um, but, you know, they, they, they know that they're not going to have their normal routine. And, I, and it seems to be an extremely frightening experience for most pre-retirees. And I, can I can't really understand, but I can, I can empathize with it. You know, what would you recommend for those people as they start to approach retirement? You know, how can they figure out what's next how can they figure out you know as a household or together what they should be doing because 
literally you wake up with doing something for 40 or 50 years and the very next day it's not present anymore. So what would you, what, what kind of insights can you share with them? I've coached senior executives who, like you said, titans in the industry and work tirelessly at all levels, you know, high levels within organizations. And then there's that one day where they wake up, like you said, and it's like, what do I do now? And, and almost, you know, going back to like a kid out of college, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? The, the, the key through all of this, especially through retirement, is continuous learning and, and continuous exploration. And, and oftentimes, you know, the, the folks that, and it is aligned with retirement, retiring well, is staying actively connected to continuous improvement, continuous learning. And sometimes the learning is is hobby based. So it's let me take up a new skill. Let me learn, you know, Italian cooking. But the skill of Italian cooking, bringing in the strategic insights of what you use when you were a professional or leader in your in your job in your work, you can bring that to this new hobby. So the the, the key is around you know skill transformation into a new domain of creativity, and 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 you've got to take raw skills that you use you know as a visionary leader i had vision i was a good strategic planner you know i was a good problem solver i was really a good negotiator you got to really take that assessment uh, of the skills that you used in your profession and then apply it in a creative domain that had nothing to do with your profession and that process creates an aha moment for many you know retirees because all of a sudden they're realizing that you know they're they're now focusing on a new skill, but they're a new you know hobby, but they're using transferable skills that they built for forty years, and they're finding enjoyment in that hobby. And all of a sudden, that leads to oh, here's what I'm going to do next. Now now there's not such a disconnect between you know the the day that you retire and the day that you wake up saying what do I do next, right? You know so right. so, so that and that's a you know it's a process, yeah, yeah. So it it's. It's identifying sort of leveraging the skill sets. So if I'm hearing it correctly, it's leveraging the skill sets that you've kind of honed over your career and just figuring out a different way to kind of purpose that towards something different, something creative, something, uh, a new challenge, right? What, however, however basic that may be. I love that. I think, you know, it was funny. Yesterday, I had a Zoom meeting with a, a, a recently retired doctor client of mine and lovely lady in her 70s and she's taking a writing course and she's yes. like Yvonne I'm very serious about this writing course and I said you yes. know that's wonderful <laughs> she said can I share with you she was like I just want you to know I'm very proud of this that that I uh I won a the 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 class competition for the best Valentine's Day poem can I read it to you so she read me this poem it was like lit up my day right super excited but I can just tell how she's passionate about something that has nothing to do with medicine. And from then I'm like, she's going to be just fine, right? Because she has sort of a new drive, you know, focusing on her kids and grandkids, mainly the grandkids, forget about the kids, but grandkids. And then, you know, being able to pursue this new passion of writing or whatever it might be in cooking. So I, I love what you're saying. Because I, again, I just think it's really, really frightening for folks as they kind of a, prepare for that next stage. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think two things that, that really resonate, give yourself a new set of challenges, um, find the connectivity. So even though she was not being a doctor per se, through writing the poem, she was still finding a way to heal or to help someone. You know, that poem is not for her. The poem is going to 
when when read, when listened to, will help someone. It, it will be medicine to someone who who, like you said, it lit up your day. So it was just another form of medicine. And you know, and, and as a doctor, you know, prescribing medicine to help people, you know, get better, she just wrote a different prescription. You know, the prescription just happened to be a poem. You know, that's how you, you know, you you that's the connective tissue. And I think that's what helps people in retirement is to find that connective tissue. Uh, in domains that they had, you know, that they that, that allowed them to have new levels of creativity, but also, you know, new levels of of connection to the skills that they built and used for 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 many years. I'm a musician, you know, professional saxophone player. And people know when I speak, I often play my saxophone, um, and I've, I've been performing and playing saxophone, you know, since I was 14. So for many years, but. One of the things that the saxophone always taught me was how to think on my feet, how to improvise. So when a band member is playing or I'm playing on stage and move to a different key, I can quickly improvise. And, it, and that really was a skill that helped me as a speaker, as a motivational speaker and, and, you know, and consultant. I can think on my feet in responding to audiences. And it's helped me even now as a, as a virtual speaker, you know, engaging with people through the chat and understanding what's trending through the chat, how you can quickly pick on that to grab a theme. But I fear that because all those things are in, are connected, and each skill builds on each other, even though they may be different domains of creativity. So, so right. for retirees, it's the 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 exploration is so important. The putting yourself in a totally different domain of creativity, where you have to learn, you have to explore. You you don't know all the answers. You're willing to be vulnerable, and you're excited about the learning. That is a great way for folks uh, to really, you know, not only just sort of retire well, but also to bring continuous learning, new set of challenges into their day. And I, I always advocate, and I start my day this way, the three things. I ask myself, you know, who are you? So, you know, give yourself a superhero name. Um, what are you grateful for? And then what are you looking forward to? And it, it's just a, you know, a mantra every single day that, that helps me, but also when I share it with others, it helps them to really understand that every, if you wake up every single day, with something to look forward to, with something to be grateful for, and you celebrate an attribute that you bring to life, then you have more completeness in your day and in your living. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that, Kaplan. Absolutely love that. I, I think, yeah, it, it's it's a great way to start the day, and it gives people purpose regardless of what's going on, right? And if you're a retiree with not necessarily something planned for your day, you know, it gives you something to kind of focus on regardless of how small or large that may be, you know, going to the grocery store and kind of tying your day around that or going to a charity event when we're, again, back open up. But um, I, I absolutely love that. I, you know, the other thing I'm sort of taking away from this is, you know, as somebody approaches retirement, it's not like the very next day that their identity is gone, right? What you're sort of saying is, listen, right. you've, your identity is still there. Your skill set is still there. Let's just identify a way to to use that to pursue something different, right? Not brand new person, but we're going to take that and shift it and, and, and leverage what you've already done. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Um, you know, I think it's that way, you know, the, it's the leverage, like you said, it's your, your skill set isn't gone. And today we have much more tools, you know, with technology and social media, and we have much more tools to access and leverage our, our skills. The great thing for retirees, I think, to understand is the years that you've built in experience can be tremendous value to someone who's building experience. And I always, you know, when I coach my clients, I, I always advocate that they you know, volunteer or find someone to mentor 
based on what they know. Find someone who is looking for knowledge and is on the way up that you can share in part and help guide, you know, as you're on the way in transition. And that mentoring relationship turns not only to staying connected to being current, what's happening in the world, but it also is another form of the appreciation of the give back. You know, you work 40 years, 30 years, 40 years to accumulate this level of skill and knowledge. And it, like you said, it just doesn't go away, but now you have the, you're in a position to give back. And that give back gives people new inspiration uh, to celebrate their career, but also to have new opportunities to connect to, you know, to growing, you know, to, to finding new ways to, to, to use their skill and their knowledge. And you know, many retirees jump on boards and, you know, find other ways to serve that way, which is, which is a great tool as well. Um, but I also so find people to mentor, you know, that you can make an immediate difference in their lives. It gives new right. meaning to the, the time of retirement. Yeah, I, I love that. Kaplan, are there any other things that we haven't talked about that you really want to make sure that the audience takes away from, from our conversation today? Well, I think that there's, you know, we're in a tremendous time of, uh, of challenge and choice. You know, I, I say those, those two words, challenge and choice. You know, the challenge is we have circumstances around us that we are dealing with that, you know, impact our life, uh, our health, our career. Uh, and then there's a choice as to what you do with it. The author of the 10K is a personal branding and as, as a, you know, a coach who helps people to navigate through many career challenges one of the things I, I always leave my clients with, with is, is this quote, live life by decision, not by default. And what that means is you have to decide every single day that you are going to show up in a way to your job, to your, your, your life, to your work, to your, to, you know, your circumstances with an intentional focus on I'm going to improve something. Uh, I'm going to make it better. Uh, I'm going to be grateful for the opportunity to do it. And I accept everything that I have to go through as a result of it. And that level of intentionality does drive your excellence and does improve your performance regardless of where you work or how you work. So, you know, I think that's really important during this time. I think that, you know, we sometimes undervalue social media tools, but social media has given us a chance to connect and stay connected to people. Um, and I encourage folks to do that, but stay connected to the opportunity to continue to, to serve, to, to do something that improves uh, you know, improves the the business, if you will, grows, you know, your current state and, and shapes the future. And I think those three words, you know, improve, grow and shape um, can be applied to anyone's circumstances, but it also can empower them to have a strong brand as they continue to drive their excellence. I love it. Thanks, Kaplan. I really, really appreciate it. Kaplan, where can the audience find out more from you? Where they where can they find out more about your services? Where can they pick up the, the 10 Ks of personal branding? Just tell the audience how they can get it, get a hold of you. Yeah, I th you know, thanks so much. I, mean, I always invite my audience uh, yeah, and my clients to connect with me on social media, so LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. You know, but uh, KaplanMobray.com is my website. Um, I also have a YouTube channel which has a lot of the videos uh, of my talks and the perspectives that I share with clients uh, around the world. But, you know, and I, I also advocate that that folks continue to you know, focus on just continuous learning. Um, so I'll be writing several additional perspectives over the coming years on just what do we do with this time and how do we stay resilient? Um, but I encourage folks to continue to stay with me on that journey through social media as well as through my website, com. And the book is available. 
Uh, the 10K is a personal branding is available through my website as well as on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. Love it, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you as always for your time and your service. You know, I know our community has certainly uh, has certainly benefited from having you in our lives. So I appreciate you. Uh, I know the clients in, in, in our audience are really going to get a lot out of this conversation today. So be well, my friend. I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me and uh, wishing everyone a great rest of the year. Most definitely. Well, and thank you to the audience for taking a listen to the Opus Well Style podcast. I'm Yvonne Watanabe. Be well. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Opus Private Client, LLC, and opinions stated are their own. Yvonne Watanabe, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Security products and advisory services offered through PAS member FINRA SIPC, Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client, LLC, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client, LLC, is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206. Compliance Approval 2020-116313 expires February 2023.